0: hello and we are in week two in 2022 can i say amen to that i am takia evans your host and welcome back or if it's your first time welcome to the out of the box sunday school I want to give a big shout out to my church family, Morning Chapel Sydney Church in Fort Worth, Texas. They are the reason I started this podcast, because we wanted to continue our Sunday school lessons during this time of the pandemic. And as always, thanks for taking the time to listen in today. And our lesson is entitled, Hagar and Ishmael Not Forgotten. The Bible background is from Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 through 21. The printed text in the lesson is Genesis chapter 21, eight through 20. How can people find assurance when their circumstances change? People sometimes face situations that feel hopeless. So how do you avoid bitterness while looking forward to God's timing? Very often when we are feeling isolated, hurt, or even victimized, it is difficult to remember that the God we serve is omniscient omnipresent and omnipotent. He knows everything that is going on in our lives. He knows when we are hurt. He knows who is hurting us. Our faith determines that we trust him to reconcile every situation in his appointed time. So staying faithful when everything is going well for us is so easy. But staying faithful to God in turbulent times, as we find Abraham doing in our lesson this week, is quite hard. His wife and her handmaiden were quarreling with each other, and Abraham's heart was torn between the two sons he had, Ishmael and Isaac. Our lesson this week shows how God can use strife-ridden situations and turn them around for our chosen and faithful people. Twenty-five years have passed between the time that Abraham was promised he would become a great nation and the birth birth of Isaac the son of promise. So as the years passed, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, thought that God might have another plan in mind that did not include having their own natural born son. Again, the possibility of Sarah having a son seemed more and more likely as the years went on. And then finally, after living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarah suggested that Abraham have a child by her uh, Egyptian maid servant, Hagar. While Abraham agreed to go along with Sarah's suggestion, this was not what God had in mind. But being true to his word, God kept his promise and enabled Sarah to conceive a child in her old age. So when Abraham was about 100 years old and Sarah was 90, they became the parents of Isaac. Our lesson begins after Sarah laughed with amazement that she could give Abraham a son in his old age. So now I'm going to be reading Genesis chapter 21, and I'll start with verses 8 through 10. The time came when Sarah no longer had to nurse Isaac, and on the day Abraham gave a big feast. One day, Sarah noticed Hagar's son, Ishmael, playing, and she said to Abraham, get rid of that Egyptian slave woman and her son. I don't want him to inherit anything. It should all go to my son. So Isaac's weaning was an event to be celebrated. He no longer depended on his mother for sustenance, which allowed him to spend more time with his father and the other men. And this is an important rite of passage for any young boy and was especially important for a promised child who was born in a miraculous situation. Ishmael was about 14 years old older than his half-brother Isaac, making him about 17 when this particular event took place. So we really don't know exactly what Ishmael was or is or what he did to draw this accusation from Sarah of the mocking. Sarah's sensitivity to anything that to anything to do with Hagar or Ishmael may have led us to assume that she overreacted to a teasing insult to Isaac, rather than some type of abuse. But whatever was happening, it provoked Sarah to act decidedly, giving her history with Hagar. Sarah was the worst person to witness Ishmael's misbehaving. And as Sarah previously had done with Hagar, she complains to Abraham once again to resolve mm-hmm. the issue for her, but this time by casting Hagar out their camp. Abraham had previously told Sarah that since Hagar was her handmaiden, she was free to do with her as she pleased. This time, Sarah was asking her husband to just throw Hagar and Ishmael out the camp. Things had come to a head for Sarah, just as in our own lives, we often come to a point where uh, a hard decision has to be made uh, regarding a sinful desire. And so that kind of works on the spirit and it works against the spirit. And during this time, a female servant serving as a surrogate mother, such as the role that Hagar had played, was an acceptable practice. And according to the practice, Hagar should have been given the same privileges as a wife. Those same privileges, Sarah asked Abraham to ignore by sending her away. So now Sarah knows that she is the primary wife and her child is the one whom God has chosen. So she uses her power to expel any rivals, and that was Hagar. And what Sarah should have done was simply to use her power to aid Hagar, who is a fellow woman from an underprivileged social class. But what did she do? She just uses her power to lord over her servant and tries to disinherit her. And yet today, we still see so many mistreated people who are in, so many people in position who mistreat and use their powers against others. Even if that person should have learned better from even their own trials. Now we come to verses 11 through 13. Abraham was worried about Ishmael, but God said, Abraham, don't worry about your slave woman and the boy. Just do what Sarah tells you. Isaac will inherit your family name but the son of the slave woman is also your son, and I will make his descendants into a great nation. So even though he was well aware by now that Ishmael was not his promised heir, Abraham rightly loved his son. Abraham was not naive about the dangers that the boy and his mother would face when once he sent them away. And as any person of faith would do in the throes of a serious conflict, Abraham apparently, he prayed because God responded during his struggle. And Abraham found the peace and courage to carry out even the most difficult of decisions. So to cast out both his firstborn and you know Ishmael's mother, that was a very hard thing for him to have to do. But in working with Sarah's decision, God did not ignore Hagar or become indifferent to Ishmael. God was always going to fulfill his promise through Sarah's child. He never was not going to fulfill that promise. He also chose to make Ishmael a nation because he too was Abraham's son. Now we get down to verses 14 through 16. Early the next morning, Abraham gave Hagar an animal skin full of water and some bread. Then he put the boy on her shoulder and sent them away. They wondered around in the desert near Beersheba. And after they had run out of water, Hagar put her son under a bush. Then she sat down a long way off because she could not bear to watch him die. And she cried bitterly. It must be remembered that while Sarah Asked Abraham to cast Hagar and Ishmael out, his love for Ishmael would have stopped would have stopped him from doing it, had God not instructed him to do what Sarah had asked him to do. But little did Abraham know that even though this was a very difficult trial for him, he was to face a much greater trial when God would ask him to later sacrifice Isaac. But Abraham obeyed God. Um, he does not close his heart. He entirely off, but sends them with some bread and water. He sends them with some provisions. After Hagar was sent off wandering in the desert of Beersheba, finding sustenance for their survival in this environment would have been very, very difficult. And then at this point, they had just run out of water. And so to protect her son from the heat, she um, and to avoid further dehydration, Hagar put her son under some bushes. You know, kind of told him to just get under some bushes, get some shade. And even, of course, you know, on the hottest days, shade from a tree or bush could provide some type of relief. And now that all the water was gone, Hagar could expect nothing but death of her son. Unable to bear the thought of watching her son die in the desert heat, Hagar had to just kind of go away. She's probably like a hundred yards away from her son. And then of course, because of all the stress and the strain of this situation, she just burst into tears. She's sobbing at this point. Now we come to verse 14, 17 through 20, at the near, the last few verses of our passage here. When God heard the boy crying, the angel of God called out to Hagar from heaven and said, Hagar, why are you worried? Don't be afraid. I have heard your son crying. Help him up and hold his hand because I will make him the father of a great nation. Then God let her see a well. So she went to the well and filled the skin with water, then gave some to her son. God blessed Ishmael. And as the boy grew older, he became an expert at hunting with his bow and arrows in their distress God graciously appeared to give them relief. God appearing to Hagar again in a vision met was manifested, spoke to her and asked what was troubling her and told her not to be afraid. So often we are going through troubling times and God has to quiet our fears and calm us down before we can truly hear his word. So, Although Hagar and Ishmael were at the verge of dying of thirst, the Lord stepped in. Talk about an on-time God. After reassuring Hagar, the angel of God, who's in an angelic form, told her to get up, lift Ishmael up from his place of distress, and hold him in your arms. While Hagar may have thought they had been Uh, aimlessly wandering in the desert, they were actually being led to the very place where their needs would be met. So when the Lord opened her eyes, she could see the provision he was making for her and her son. She suddenly realized that there was a well of water nearby. And we always have to look at our own lives too at this moment. Sometimes we are so wounded by our circumstances that we can't see what God has in store for us. It's only when he opens our eyes that we can see his remedy for our own own troubles. So at this point, God kept his promise to Hagar. Hagar and Ishmael settled in the wilderness, which refers to the unpopulated region of the desert of Paran, which is southwest of Beersheba. lesson today we have seen how abraham's life turned around when he chose to obey god under all circumstances and realized that god's plans are the best plans god even has special plans for those we don't like or who don't even love us Hagar had a difficult life but as ishmael's name reminds us god hears god loved both isaac and ishmael He cares for all people, and He keeps His promises. He hears all cries of injustice, and He responds with a message of hope. There is no situation that we endure alone. He is available to comfort us as we ask Him. Again, we must remember that God is all-powerful. When present trials make us anxious or fearful, we must remember that the provision for us all we need resets his hand. As Christians, we are not immune from tests, trials, and tribulations, nor are Christian families immune from dysfunction. It is often difficult for us to recollect, recollect abusive incidents that have occurred in our own families. It is much easier to maintain a safe distance between us and the offending relative. We must ask God to provide an opportunity for us to reconcile with the family member and begin that healing process that will allow us to fully embrace rather than just tolerate. We must raise our voices to God, strengthen our hope so that the world may have hope through our faithful witness. This is Takiya Evans, be blessed, take care of one another, And thanks for tuning in to Out of the Box Sunday School, and I'll talk to you next week.